You're listening to Malka Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, sir, just going 8.07 Central African time. Let's welcome our five sons, Agesha Zuma, with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's a medical talk that's uh, keeping you company this evening. And alhamdulillah, summa and Alhamdulillah and Kelo Glossia. That's the uh, topic of this evening. And uh, by that, you have guessed that we have a dentist on board. And after many moons, our very own uh, Dr. Shabir Hassan has joined us and uh, he's added a lot uh, to this uh, evening. Dr. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine, beautiful evening? Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, Shafat. It's good to be back uh, chatting with you this evening. Alhamdulillah, I'm looking forward to uh, a great evening. Uh, absolutely, always in your pious and sagacious company, there is that great evening. And alhamdulillah, you know, with your sunnah compliant beard and uh, your addiction to salah and so forth, you know, you make uh, everything so peaceful, so tranquil. Did you have this nature? Maybe from, you know, I'll use the slang, lighty days, uh, doctor. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I don't know. Uh, You know, know, that's your nature. Sometimes you're born with that. You know, for my father, uh, also had had this nature. So I inherited it from, you know, from him, I guess. Well, as he says, he has an efficacious nature. And I can just imagine... When uh, people come uh, to you for a consultation, uh, what a memorable one uh, that is. And uh, they're simply so addicted to you, they come back for more and more and more. Yes, uh, Dr. Uh, Ancalo Gloss, uh, Glossia, Ancalo uh, Glossia. I got it right because, you know, you taught me. Uh, um, you know, another name is uh, Tang Tai. Talk to us about it. Uh, so the tongue tie is, uh, you know, it's important uh, condition uh, which about 5% of babies are born with. And the problem is that there is a fold of tissue which ties the tongue uh, to the floor of the mouth. Now, uh, it is normal to have a fold of tissue which ties the tongue to the mouth, to the floor of the mouth uh, for everybody. But when there is uh, an exter- when there is an additional amount, or when the tongue is being held uh, from moving forward freely or moving upwards freely, then it can become problematic. And it's become more apparent these days because mothers these days, uh, you know, newborn babies uh, and mothers are you know wanting to breastfeed because. You know, they all recognize the importance of breastfeeding in the uh, in the growth and development of their child. And when they are unable to uh, to to feed, or the baby is having problems, uh, then you know they look at what are the possible causes. And this is one of the one of the uh, you know I won't say major causes, but this is quite a common cause for difficulty feeding the baby because when the when the baby is unable to uh, push its tongue uh, and uh, create a, a suction uh, it's it, they then have uh, you know they're taking a uh, difficult feeding they're crying uh, you know it's giving mom a lot of pain and 
and then you know we need to find a solution to this problem. So that's uh, the initial stages when the tongue tie occurs in in babies. Uh, later on. Uh, we find that people with tongue ties uh, sometimes, uh, you know, go undiagnosed and uh, they have, uh, they still swallow, but they develop an abnormal swallowing pattern. So uh, most a normal swallowing pattern is when the tongue uh, goes to the roof of the mouth and we, we close our lips and we, we you know, we swallow. Um, but we find that in some individuals, they... Uh, get uh, a, a type of pattern where they put their tongue uh, between their teeth or, you know, be, because they're compensating and uh, so they have a uh, abnormal swallowing pattern. And later on in life, sometimes it becomes uh, a, a, this thing because there's a lisp, uh, improper pronunciation of words, etc. Uh, and, you know, then it's diagnosed later on. Um, so that is the uh, the main thing about the ankylo ankyloglossia. Uh, so previously, uh, the you know the main treatment for it, or, or sometimes they used to uh, just nip it at childbirth. So the the uh, uh, the uh, midwife uh, would would notice a childbirth and just snip it uh, immediately, uh, and then later on, you know, uh, they started to do it in theater, taking the babies to theater, and now uh, with laser therapy, we're able to do the tongue ties in in the, in the dental chair uh, using a laser. Yeah, beautiful indeed, uh, Doctor. Cool, calm, and collected this evening. I'm really enjoying your company and uh, the way you're delivering. Uh, perhaps another question is, uh, is, is, is a tongue-tie surgery painful, Doctor? Uh, because we anesthetize the, the little babies, we, we do give them a little bit of anesthetic. You know, they do, uh, most of them do cry, uh, but that's because, you know, you've got fingers and instruments in their mouths, which they, you know, they're not happy about, so they cry. But generally, they're not in pain whilst we're doing, well, whilst we're doing the procedure. Um, okay, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up a little bit later. It is a bit controversial because not everybody agrees on on doing the tongue-tie procedure. Um, so there's some that believe that, you know, it, it goes away normally and it's actually a very unnecessary procedure. Uh, but, you know, those of us who do the procedure and who get feedback from the moms, uh, you know, that immediately, you know, the it was such a drastic change in the baby, and it was such a drastic change. You know, uh, we are we are much uh, bigger believers in, in the procedure. Uh, look at us. a message typed by Lucolo on the screen. He says, uh, listener wants to know, why is a tongue tie so common now? Is it a fact that it's more common now than yesteryear, Doc? Yes, because it's it's more commonly diagnosed now. So in yesteryear, uh, it was it was just ignored as you know, or the baby is not feeding. Uh, you know, uh, well, we just ignore it, and it might, uh, you know, the baby would move on to immediately to a bottle or something like that. But now, 
we're more aware of what the importance of breastfeeding because in the you know one of the things in the development of the baby is that when the baby feeds uh, it it shapes the it gives a good shape to the palate and you know we uh, if if you notice to these days that you know nearly every second every second child or every other child by the time they're 11 or 12 they're having or they're having braces put on and what is the main reason for them having braces or orthodontic treatment is that they have they have this crowding because there's an abnormal growth of the jaws i'm not saying that the orthodontic crowding is because they breastfed and because of the tongue tie. I'm saying that you know this is one of the reasons why this occurs, and because so it's become more common because we become more aware of it. I'm very much conscientized that people like yourself coming to the fore, and is Ankalaya Glossia. Christopher, is it genetic, doctor? No, there hasn't been any genetic links uh, to to. There hasn't been any uh, anything that is found to to have any genetic linkage. And then I'll ask you, doctor, at what age should a tongue tie be cut? You know, you got babies, tiny babies, six weeks, two months, three months. When do you do the op? Uh, as soon as uh, in the first week, second week, that's fine, as uh, as early as possible, so the baby can start feeding and getting into you know uh, good feeding habits uh, early on. I I knew this question will come up, Lukolo. Yeah, doctor, looking at me like hey, Shafat, don't ask me any difficult question though, doc. You can hit everything for six today. Everything for six. Yeah, question here is. Dear Doctor, Salaamu Alaikum, you are, mashallah, a good man indeed. I want to know, how much does uh, this surgery cost? <laughs> That's a powerful question, Doctor. Uh, well, it depends who does it and, uh, you know, how they do it. Uh, so I can't give you a pricing. You don't know how much I charge for it. And, you know, I charge about 1500 for the procedure. Yeah, uh, but I know you give a cash discount. Like, I'll come in, Doc. I got cash here. So I don't want to give me one for Shafa. <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't go for a medical aid. You know? I'll just come with a cash cash on the <laughs> counter. Ah, I love you, Doc. I love you. I mean, I, I'm talking to you more as a brother than <laughs> having a, a professional <laughs> consultation with you. And yeah, yeah, this is a family radio station, and Allah bless us. And, uh, you know... Uh, the question that they're just coming through through my head is: It better to cut or have a laser to do a tongue tie? So, so now there's a, there's another issue with uh, you know uh, with uh, doing the tongue tie procedure because next to the uh, uh, or in the vicinity of the tongue tie uh, lies important uh, anatomical structures. Uh, like the lingual, there's some nerves running on the floor of the mouth close to the close to the tissue. Uh, there's some salivary gland ducts running close to the tissue. So, you know, whatever tool you use has to be very atraumatic, and uh, and and the practitioner doing it has to, you know, uh, cut it very cleanly. Uh, and at the same time. Uh, we're working with babies which are moving around. So 
it's you know sometimes uh, I give the analogy of you know trying to uh, thread a needle while going in a roller coaster. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> you know what? That's a terrific uh, description. Which book did you get that from, uh, Doc? <laughs> uh, from the book of Dr. Hassel. <laughs> hey, this guy is he's a storyteller, people. I mean, with, uh, you know, I have a needle and he's got this other and the needle in the haystack, but you listen to him. I'm going to read that book. I want to read that so, book. I promise you, okay. I want I have to read it. <laughs> to, back to, to, the, to which which is better? Um, the one is not better than the other, but with the laser there is no bleeding uh, immediately thereafter, and it heals. I think it heals much quicker than than using a, a blade and putting sutures or putting sutures in after that to hold to stop the bleeding. So I think it's, and I think it will be much less painful and much less traumatic to the baby using a uh, using a laser rather than a uh, blade. Yes, uh, Amina says, "Assalamualaikum, uh, Brother Shafat and uh, Doctor Hassan." Uh, I'm a bit confused. Is uh, tongue tie surgery medical or dental? Hey, that's a good question, Amina. Doctor, your response. My response is a dentist is a medical, <laughs> and a medical is dental, so it's the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> Too good. Too good, man. Too good. You ever thought of becoming a barrister? Uh, yes, it did cross my mind at some time, but, you know, my mom said, don't be stupid, become a doctor. I tell you what, uh, my son became a, or a barrister. But he's at, in the medical school now. You'll ask me, hey, how, Shafat? He lectures in medical law at the Fritz Medical School. So, yeah, probably, most probably you would have been, yeah, you would have been that, uh, yeah, lecturer at the medical school, though. But we're really enjoying you this evening. Uh, uh, maybe, yeah, this question from Anonymous says, uh, what is the best bottle for tongue tie? Now you got the mothers thinking this evening, doctor. What, uh, so... You know, with, with the, you, you can't have a best bottle for a tongue tie. You know, I, I, I don't know that. I, the, I know the best for a tongue tie is to remove the tongue tie. Now, it's not the. T- uh, and then the, there's the second confusion that comes in that it's not the. T- it's the tip of the tongue is in some cases restricted, but it's also the middle of the tongue that's involved in, in pressing up against the palate. So, you know, when we, when we try to diagnose the, the, the kids who have tongue tie, uh, we try to assess how good is that middle of the tongue at, uh, at pressing up uh, on the top of the palate. So one of the things, you know, the moms can do is to feel this, is to, to put, you know, they can put their thumb in the, into the baby's mouth and f- see how, you know, if you put them with something, maybe something sweet on the, on the thumb and let the baby suck on that, on that thumb, and see how much suction and how much they're pushing up uh, on the palate. You know, you get a feel of how 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 strong their tongue is. So I use that quite often when babies come in for assessment, because a lot of times we get babies coming in where moms feel that they have a tongue tie, you know, uh, but we need to assess it properly and see do they actually have a tongue tie? Are they having difficulty 
uh, forming a suction with their tongue or pushing their tongue up against their palate. Uh, if that is the case, then we go ahead with the procedure. Now, Doctor, I think it's a fact that, uh, you know, everyone, you and I, and everyone that's listening this uh, evening, everyone is born with a band of tissue that, uh, you know, that tethers the tongue to the bottom of the mouth. And that's yes. when you lift your tongue, you can see that, uh, yeah, that's like the tissue thing that yeah, holds it down there. Uh, yeah, it's called- how often will that, I mean, in, in an accident, can it cause... Uh, uh, the, the the condition that we're talking about, you know, you have an accident, and can you have the, this condition of a tongue tie? No, because you know, the, the in an accident you might tear it. You won't add on to it. Mm. Okay, you gave me the answer there. Sharp answer, eh? And Alhamdulillah. So uh, imagine flossing, washing, gargling, and you know, when you look at your 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 whole tooth or you look at your feet and you look at your oral hygiene, what an important thing that is because uh, you know, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that lots of your disease emanates from your gut, but there is also the other side of it, that if your oral hygiene is not up to speed, uh, many things can go wrong with you. Talk to me about that phenomena, doctor. So, you know, the, it's, uh, the amazing thing is that, you know, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has mentioned a lot of benefits uh, of uh, miswak. You know, so we hear uh, a lot of hadith, you know, being quoted over the years uh, of the benefits of miswak, right? And today, modern science has shown that this is the same benefits of brushing your teeth, that improvements in your memory, improvements in your health, uh, all these benefits that Nabi Sallallahu spoke so many years, uh, you know, 1400 years ago about modern science is showing it today that these are the benefits of brushing your teeth. The problem has been that we have been, when, when the hadith have been mentioned about miswak, the focus has become on the stick, the miswak stick, not on the, act, the action of the miswak stick, which is tooth brushing. So when we when we go when we when we when the alims talk about the miswak, they're talking about the stick, and it's become ingrained in everybody's mind uh, of this magic stick, which will give us all these benefits. The benefit is in brushing your teeth. So when we pick up our toothbrush and we brush our teeth uh, and we clean our mouths properly, even before wudu during the day. We are fulfilling a sunnah. The implement we are using today in the modern time, instead of riding a camel, we'd go in the bus for Hajj. Uh, the implement today we are using is a toothbrush rather than the miswak stick. Yes, the miswak stick has its individual benefits, alhamdulillah, but the main action is the brushing of our teeth. The implement is is you know not not important. The importance is brushing your teeth. If we brush our teeth, and today you know Western society has dictated or to, you know toothpaste come uh, you know uh, driven by uh, capitalistic uh, toothpaste companies have dictated that you know brush your teeth twice a day. People say, oh, I brush my teeth twice a day. No, we, that's not enough. You know we, Muslims. 
uh, we have been given the sunnah, we brush our teeth, you know, uh, when we make wudu, five times or more a day. That's, that's our, that is our way. Well, you know, the importance here, I think the point that you're emphasizing is that Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has, uh, you know, drummed this into us, that oral hygiene is of utmost importance so that, you know, you can think clearly, uh, you don't disturb a other person, and, you know, when you have a nice, fresh mouth, you pronounce your words better, uh, there's no odor coming out of that, and uh, then you definitely, if uh, the, the top part of your mouth and the head is clean and fresh, then everything else will be fresher. And I like that you're emphasizing the point that that is the miswak is uh, instrument of oral hygiene, which Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu advocated. And Alhamdulillah, it's good to see and that the Ummah you know, are taking note. Yes, Doctor? You know, when we look at it scientifically today, that how is bacteria sits in the mouth. Bacteria sits in the mouth, sits on the teeth, sits on the tissues, what we call a bacterial biofilm. Bacterial biofilm is a sticky substance which which forms a coating over your teeth. You can't remove this coating with a mouthwash. You can't remove this coating in any other way besides the mechanical brushing of, uh, of, uh, of the mouth and the teeth. So, the most important thing, you do not use mouthwashes. They are are useless. They do not not cover up for brushing their teeth. The main thing that people have to do is brush their teeth. And we are so, you know, we are so fortunate as Muslims, we're making wudu five times a day. Why are we not brushing our teeth five times a day? If we are brushing our teeth five times a day, you know, uh, then, you know, the, the dentist, instead of driving uh, BMWs and Porsches, they'll be driving Toyotas. <laughs> you know what? The hijacker is listening to you this evening. He said, yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> car. Yeah, I like a Toyota Ethios. And you're laughing yeah. at it, Doc. The Toyota owner is like an but what I'm trying to say is that, uh, you know, dentists are very busy. All dentists are very busy. Why are we so busy? <laughs> because people are not brushing their teeth properly. They are saying two times a day uh, and buying Colgate and buying mouthwashes and, you know, follow the sunnah. It's simple. And you will have the healthy mouth, healthy teeth, and, you know, Inshallah, healthy body. As you mentioned earlier, that we are seeing the link between, uh, you know, oral health and cardiovascular disease. How, how, uh, you know, bacteria in the mouth are contributing to cardiovascular disease. How bacteria in the mouth are contributing to Alzheimer's disease. As you said, you know, it starts in the gut. Part of the gut is the mouth. The mouth is the beginning. Yeah, I tell you, a nice chuckle there from our doc. As he said, yeah, the dentist, you'll see how busy he is. Uh, he's got a Merc, or has a Mercedes Benz, or it's a BMW, or is it a Ferrari, or is it a Ford Mustang? But then he may, if you get a Lamborghini, you must know he's very, very busy indeed. And, uh, doc, do you miss the uh, UK? You know, there's a lot of drama happened in your, in your former uh, place of residence where you found the queen passed on and then the sun came on and then you had a trust issue 
And then you have another issue where you got an Indian who is the Prime Minister of England. Talk to us, Doc. What do you went through your mind when you heard that, when you saw this drama unfolding? You know, this life is... <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't been there in a while, so... My wife always says she wants to go back, you know, it's every day she says, can you start a practice and let's go back to England. Uh, but, you know, I have my patients here in South Africa and I don't know if I, if I missed a place or not. <laughs> but, you know, with the events, you know, I, I don't think it changes much, you know, that's just, you know, political events. I, you know, I remember at the time, I was in England when the London bombings occurred. And, you know, that was, that, that was a real, you know, difficult time for Muslims in London. Uh, you know, traveling in the trains and tubes and, you know, you know, clearly visible as a Muslim. And, you know, people are watching you and, you know, they're scared and you're scared and everybody's scared. You know, these things today, you know, they just... This is, by the way, things, you know, Queen comes, Queen goes, new Prime Minister comes, new Prime Minister goes, you know, life carries on. So you were there when it was a 7-7, and then I had a lot of ship captains uh, that I befriended here in Durban, you know, and uh, they should tell me, you know, when you were in uh, in, in Liverpool, I'm, I'm going to do a, a scene for you, and uh, this guy, I remember his name uh, prop, uh, uh, yeah, uh, very vividly, uh, he was a chief officer, Parvez. And he said, you know, Brother Shafat, when we were, uh, he stayed in uh, Liverpool too. He says that whenever we used to go past, and they'll say, look there, look there, a paki, another paki. And, you know, this is how they used to refer to them at that time. I don't know if they, even if they looked at the South Africans, they maybe called them a paki and so forth. But, uh, you know, moving on, uh, those were the days, and it seems as if, you know, Europe will be Europe. Uh, what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, you can see that... Uh, they're open with open arms as they're welcoming the Ukrainians with blue eyes, blonde hair, and white skin. But we'll move on here. We're looking at some of the questions that are coming through. And uh, Brother Rashid says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Shabir Hassam. I've got a problem. I have a recurring uh, bad breath. And it seems as if uh, family members uh, turn away when I I'll come home. Uh, how do I remedy my recurring bad breath? I've tried everything, miswalk, brushing but it's still there. Please help, uh, Doc. How do you respond to Rashid? Well, Rashid needs a dental checkup. You know, he needs to go to a dentist. And the dentist needs to see, the, look into his mouth, take some x-rays, see whether he's got underlying gum disease, uh, whether he's got some rotting teeth in his mouth, which is the cause of his bad breath. So I would, I would recommend to him, you know, to go and see a dentist. Uh, and get a, uh, an assessment. If from there he has no, he hasn't had any luck, uh, then you know he, he needs to then start looking for uh, other causes. But the main main cause of bad breath is gum disease. Uh, you know, predominantly gum disease. And you know, somebody with gum disease. You know, if, if they if they come close to me and talk, I'll be able to, you know, immediately I can say they've got gum disease. Um, on occasion, you find that some people with dry mouth, um, 
they have uh, bad breath, but those people with dry mouth, they tend to be more self-aware of it than others being aware. Um, because with the dry mouth uh, comes comes a bad taste. Uh, so when we wake up in, our, in the morning, uh, you know, we've been uh, snoring through the night, uh, mouth breathing, and our mouth is dry. We have this bad taste in our mouth in the morning, and we have that morning breath. So that's, you know, the typical of, of, of a dry mouth. There are other more uh, other causes of bad breath which come now from the, the gut and from certain types of diseases, but these are very rare. Uh, in practice, uh, for 20 years now, I haven't really come across any of those causes. I, I've read up about them, you know, there's some uh, types of bad breath, some types of, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you get a vinegary smelling and sometimes a foul smelling, and these are indicative of certain conditions. But they were very, very, you know, uncommon. Uh, and uh, that wouldn't be where we would be looking at uh, initially. Now, doctor, you know, uh, some some people can't make out that they got bad breath and they'll still talk. <sighs> then the whole, uh, you know, the whole A goes uh, and it really spoils everyone's mood. But how can you diagnose yourself, you know, that... Hey, I better check up if my breath is uh, good or bad. What do I do or what do we do to find that out? Although we frost, we brushed, but maybe that bad breath is still coming through. How do we find out, uh, doctor? Well, you know, COVID was a good time to find out when you were wearing a mask and you were breathing your own. <laughs> you know, you could smell your own breath. If, if, you know, if you didn't pick it up, then, you know... <laughs> Yeah. And then most probably you don't have it. But, um, you know, yes, you, you just got to smell your breath. Or you can ask uh, somebody close to you, you know, somebody you trust uh, the, to to smell your breath. You know, I, if somebody comes to me and says, uh, complains of bad breath, uh, I would smell them out and say, you know, okay, that doesn't smell too bad. Or, you know, you, it, you may be feeling, you may be thinking about it more than it actually is. Look at this question. It says, Assalamu alaikum, doctor. When I was at school, age 13, I used to have a bleeding and sore gums. But now, doctor, 51 years old, I'm starting to get it all over again. Why is this so, doctor? Um, you know, at a young age, that, that can, sometimes the bleeding gums can be uh, a, a viral infection. Uh, so, uh, or a bacterial infection, uh, but later on in life, uh, you know, 51, you're getting bleeding gums, you most likely got, uh, you know, some form of, of gum disease going on. Yeah, so periodontitis. You know, the, the problem with periodontitis and patients with periodontitis is that, uh, you know, usually if you've got a toothache, uh, you have no other option but going to the dentist because nobody can solve your problems. So people with gum disease, they don't get pain. They get bleeding gums, they get bad breath, they try everything in the supermarket, they, you know, mouthwashes, uh, brushing hard, but because they're not getting pain, 
they're not forced to visit their dentist. So they, you know, they stay away and it gets progressively worse until one day their teeth are falling out and then they land up at the dentist and you know, we give them the bad news that now it's time to take out all your teeth and put in false teeth. So uh, then they walk around for years with bad breath and bleeding gums and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So if you get bleeding gums, uh, bad breath, visit your dentist. Let them, if you've got gum disease, they can solve your problem easily uh, and, and bring it under control. If you leave it, uh, not only will you end up losing your teeth, it is contributory factors to cardiac disease, uh, Alzheimer's, and many, and many other conditions in the body. Now, I know you talk about gum disease and you talk about the gum, and then you notice that some people have no gum left. How come, Doc? How come no gum? I mean, it starts receding. Why? They become long in the tooth. Have you heard the saying? Yeah. Long in the <laughs> it's a whole English saying, you know, long, long in the tooth, where the gums recede. And so, you know, the, the typical action of, uh, of periodontitis is that uh, there's an excessive buildup of bacteria around the teeth uh, sometimes uh, in deposits, calcium deposits around the teeth. Uh, you know, we, we, people normally get it around their bot- lower bottom teeth. You know, they call it tartar sometimes. Or, uh, and it's this hard deposit that forms at the back of the lower teeth. Uh, but it also forms in other areas underneath the gum. And these deposits sometimes become impregnated with bacteria. What then happens is the body responds to this. Now, you know, the body is, is, is a super smart computer. It responds immediately, and its response is it wants to get rid of this uh, this foreign agent or this, uh, this noxious agent which is in the gums. So the body uh, firstly causes inflammation. Now, what inflammation does is it brings a larger blood supply because with the larger blood supply comes all the cells that are trying to overcome this uh, these bacteria or these noxious agents. So the first sign is bleeding gums. Bleeding gums are, gums are bleeding because it's a, it's a bodily response to the bacteria. Um, there are certain types of cells that come into play. Uh, one of them are, you know, uh, osteoclasts. Osteoclasts are bone-eating cells. So they eat a bone around, uh, around the teeth, all in an attempt for the body to heal itself. But, you know, the, the, the amount of bacteria that's there, so the body is constantly trying to fight it. And, you know, people, people with gum disease is not a overnight, acute overnight condition. They have a chronic condition. As he said, you know, he's 50, but, you know, it's most probably started in his late 20s or 30s. Over 20 years, the body has been trying to fight this. And what's been happening is that in uh, the bone around the tooth has become eaten away or receded, and then the gum follows. And once there's no more bone holding the teeth, you know, the teeth get loose. And eventually, uh, these patients lose their teeth to what we call gum disease. 
And then you find then they're losing the tooth one at a time. One get loose, one comes out, and the other one comes out. And uh, then uh, maybe there's a fear. Hey, when will I swallow one tooth, uh, doctor? Can that happen? I haven't come across that. <laughs> I know people, you know, uh, you know, spat out teeth or, you know, um, they, uh, somebody slapped them and a few teeth flew out, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but not that sort of them. I haven't, I haven't come. It might most probably has happened somewhere, but I haven't experienced that yet. Yeah, God forbid if someone swallows the one tooth. What do they do then, Doc? Well, I normally advise them, uh, you know, do not bring it back to me. Just let it let it go naturally. <laughs> uh, it makes a lot of sense uh, because uh, uh, the system can work on that. Uh, looking at uh, this message, it says, uh, Doctor, I suffer from a jaw pain at least uh, once a month. Has this something to do with my tooth or my gum? Please advise. So, you know, the, <clears throat> So that is another, you know, quite a common condition, that the jaw pain occurs. This is a muscular, most likely a muscular condition. And, you know, sometimes temporomandibular joint dysfunction syndrome. Uh, you know, the jaw pain occurs, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes like, you know, when you go, Brother Shafat, you know, when you go to the gym and, you know, you work out your legs, and, you know, the next day or the next few days, it's quite sore. So similarly, you know, the patients in the night, they could be grinding their teeth, they could be clenching. And, you know, for a few days thereafter, they suffer with jaw pain. But it's mainly a muscular pain that's occurring. <clears throat> and in different individuals, this takes on different forms and, you know, the treatments can vary on how we how we go about treating this. But a very common condition, and especially, you know, a, a lot of dentists uh, were reporting that we, we started to see a lot of increased number numbers during COVID and post-COVID, that as people's anxiety increased, uh, this has become, a, you know, we're starting to see more and more patients with this, with this condition. Now, look at this message on the screen. Uh, anonymous mother says, I see my youngest child always uh, biting on the tongue, uh, which goes to a 45 degrees angle. Is she suffering from uh, ankyloglossia, doctor? Uh, quite a concerning question. Uh, you know, biting on the tongue is not a common thing. So what she should look at is she should ask the child to lift her tongue and see if the tongue is being, you know, try to lift it to, towards the the roof of the mouth or the, or the palate and see if the tongue is being restricted, if the tip of the tongue forms like a heart shape or the tongue forms like a cup shape. So, you know, there's something holding the tongue so the tongue doesn't lift up properly. It forms like a, you know, like a, like a cup or, or the tip forms a half shape. So those are those are common signs uh, to look for. Uh, also, uh, you know, do the do the thumb suck tests and see if she's able to uh, form a good suction or push push her tongue up and and uh, and swallow. Uh, and another another thing to look for is ask her to swallow and see if her her tongue is coming between her teeth. 
uh, when when she's swallowing rather than going to the roof of the mouth. I'm looking at this question and it says, Assalamu alaikum, a very informed evening. Jazakallah khair, uh, Dr. Hassam and Shafat. I want to know if a, uh, a stubborn family member doesn't get their tooth uh, removed when it's decaying heavily, what are the side effects? Very good question there, Doc. You know, it's it's quite strange sometimes we find that uh, some teeth uh, decay and in the patient's mouth and, you know, it doesn't cause the patient any problems. They walk around with it for years and years and there's, there's no issue at all. And yet that sometimes uh, these decayed teeth, you know, firstly they form abscesses or infections. And when it does come to form an abscess or an infection, uh, you know, nobody has to force the patient. They will find their nearest dentist because the amount of pain that, you know, sometimes an abscess can cause uh, is, 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 quite, is quite severe. But sometimes, you know, there's some infections which are not painful. And uh, we see them in on X-ray, you know. So we take an X-ray for a patient, and we see we look at the X-ray, and we see that you know there's a huge chunk of bone eaten up by the infection. So the infection, once again, you know, the, uh, there's an infection which is not acute. There's a chronic infection. The body is trying to get rid of it, but what the body is doing is starting to damage itself and starting to eat uh, holes in the bone. And, you know, uh, for the past four or five years, there's been a change in, 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 in the technology, uh, well, actually a little longer than that, but it's become more common in the last few years. The dentists now have X-rays which take 3D images of patients. So, you know, if, if you come to me, Brother Shafat, and, and, and I take an X-ray for you, you know, I can show you a 3D image of your of your entire jawbone, and when, when and when patients look at that, and you know, and, and even as dentists, when we look at that and see how much damage some of the infections have caused, you know, it's really amazing. Patients now, you know, instead of putting it off, they they say, okay, you know, we need to sort this out immediately because they can see, you know, the damage that it has caused. Hey, Doc, I'm going to take you up on that, right? I'm going to do a 3D with you. I promise yes. you. But I'll come to let people... Give me the price now or when you come in? I'll give it now. Maybe I can do uh-huh. a pledge line. I'll do a pledge line. That's just tongue-in-cheek, Doc. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people, you can tell doctor, yeah, you charge Shafat any amount, we'll do a pledge line. Hey, come and... You buy the equipment off. (laughs) On a serious note, doctor, uh, this question here, uh, brother, he says, Assalamu alaikum. I am uh, Hashim Jamal uh, listening to you. I really enjoy your doctor show. Uh, I have a broken tooth. Can I leave it in my mouth, doctor? It's not causing any harm. That's, uh, yeah, the whole tooth, but nothing but the tooth. But yes, a broken tooth, uh, doctor. It, it, you know, you need to get it checked up. It's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend just leaving it there. As I said, we don't know what's happening underneath. Uh, what's underneath, uh, we cannot be sure. Uh, you know, you might be having a large cyst in the bone, 
so you might feel like it, it seems okay, it's not giving me pain, but it might be causing some underlying damage to your, to your bone structure. Yeah, good uh, point there. And uh, brother says, uh, doctor, I get, uh, I get earache quite often. And uh, is this something to do with the wisdom teeth uh, syndrome? And uh, do a 50-year-old get wisdom teeth? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> so usually, um, you know, the age of the wisdom teeth uh, or the root formation of the wisdom tooth occurs between 18 to 21. So the wisdom tooth erupts, and the wisdom tooth erupts by the roots forming it below it. As the root completes its formation, it starts to push through. Uh, you know, uh, today in our modern times, the jawbone uh, may not have enough space for the wisdom tooth at this age, and the wisdom tooth becomes impacted. And it can become impacted in various different ways and different forms. One of the very common uh, types of impactions is that uh, most of the wisdom, or some of the wisdom tooth comes through, uh, but not fully leaving a layer of gum tissue over it. Now, a few years later, or sometimes immediately, or sometimes at the age of 50, uh, the, uh, this tissue, with this extra layer of tissue, becomes infected because it's got a little pocket and bacteria gets inside it and it's difficult to clean and this becomes infected and we get a condition called a pericoronitis or an infection of the gum tissue around the wisdom and this can be very sore and painful um, and you go to the dentist and he gives you the option of taking some antibiotics and it'll clear within a few days and if this condition recurs then you might consider either laser removal of the gum tissue overlying it or a more permanent fix of the wisdom removal. Um, but the pain in the ear may not... So, you know, the, this pain around the wisdom can be quite severe. It can radiate to the ear. But there are other causes of pain which radiates to the ear. One can be... Uh, a pain in the joint, the uh, temporomandibular joint, or more commonly, a pain in the masseter jaw muscle, which radiates backwards towards the ear and the, and, and the neck as well. Well, Doc, I know about codes, Morse code. You remember Morse code? I don't know if they yes. still use them now, the Morse code. But now you, dentist, you have a code too. You better talk to me about your codes. Because uh, what type of code do you have? I think you have two codes. Talk to us about it, Doc. Two codes? Lots like, of codes. If I see, I'm going to teach the doctor this evening. He owes me a bit for this, people. Yeah. Code zero. Healthy gums, no bleeding and probe, no cut. <laughs> Come on, you know this, Doc, and I had to probe. <laughs> now I can, yeah. You're right, there's it. No, no charge, Doc. Talk to us about okay. it. Yeah, so the, the, you know, there's common classifications for different uh, for different types of uh, gum diseases and other things. So you know, zero, uh, one, two, three, four. And this is just uh, 
codes for uh, charting purposes, but more importantly is, you know, when they do uh, research, then, you know, these codes are very useful. When they do population studies, these codes are useful in in classifying. So if we go to a school and, you know, we uh, we do a sample of, of the children and we say certain percentage had zero and a certain percentage at one and so we you know we can we can quantify you know uh, everything because uh and within a code you know we would say there's bleeding gums and calculus and you know in another code there would be uh only calculus or with another code there would be plaque and maybe in zero there will be no plaque no bleeding gums uh but you know some people have a mixture of, of things so uh, you know, we need to quantify things and say, okay, now in Alphala school, uh, you know, 50% of students have uh, healthy gums and 25% have poor gums and etc. So, uh, you know, for the common person, this is not important. Uh, this is important for dentists and in studies and when we uh, read research and articles and, and that, uh, these are important to us. But you know, for the common man, it's not important what uh, the code is. Glad you have that, people. Doctor is not important for you It's important for him. So he does his consensus and he knows what's happening there. But uh, Jazakallah for, you know, in uh, making, conscientizing us too, you know, and uh, letting us know what your, your uh, you know, world is like and what... Uh, types of experiments you'll do and how you'll classify people and so forth. And, uh, you know, finally, doctor, you know, so, you know, it is permanent uh, that the tooth loss will occur and, uh, you know, at, uh, adults will uh, lose their tooth, the kids have milk teeth coming out and this is growing and so forth. But gen- generally, as human beings, as uh, people that are going through this tapestry of life, at what age should we get ready? You know what? The thing is, yeah. All I may lose all my all my teeth. What age, Doc? Uh, at no age, you should be. You should be. <laughs> you should keep your teeth for the rest of your life. Serious, Doc. Serious. So it's a common misconception that I would lose my teeth in old age. No, it's no conception. It's only because of you know. Um, bad health, uh, oral health that you would lose your teeth in old age. But generally, you know, we should aim to keep our teeth, most of our teeth for, for, for you know, for the rest of our lives. Uh, you know, and this, this phenomenon is becoming more common these days as parents are become, becoming, as your word, conscientized to oral health. So, you know, one of the things that I started to notice in the UK, well, you know, they have the national health system. And in the national health system, you need to visit the dentist every six months. Because if you don't visit the dentist every six months, you lose your place in the national health system. And if you lose your place in the national health system with a dentist, you then have to pay privately for a dentist. So people were coming in every six months and their children were coming in every six months and as because the children were coming in every six months the children became conscientized once again using that great word of yours uh, became conscientized towards their oral health 
and we would find large number of kids who were, you know, DK-free, caries-free, because, uh, or they were not, you know, they were not having large problems like needing root canals or, or anything like that. Whereas in, in South Africa, you know, uh, where the common thing is we go to the dentist when we have pain, uh, yes, you know, uh, you're more at risk of losing your teeth. So my simple message is save yourself, you know, a lot of dental expenses. Visit the dentist every six months and, you know, listen and do good oral health. Well, I tell you, brilliant, brilliant evening in your company, Doctor. And as I said, uh, visit uh, you very soon, very soon indeed. And inshallah, you have a brilliant, a beautiful evening ahead. Uh, we will must get you on more often, you know, at least uh, twice or twice or every two months. You need to come because you said we must visit you every six months. Please, doctor, you visit us every two months. Is that a deal? Inshallah, inshallah. But I, I, today's topic was I enjoyed it and Kyla Glacia, uh, very, uh, very nice topic. And inshallah, we'll try and get some some other good topics, uh, similar topics in uh, in oral health and dental health for the next time. Yeah, I will come and meet you with my miswalk too, Yeah, which I use quite often. <laughs> Maybe put that yeah. charcoal toothpaste on it. <laughs> and, and, and when last did you change your miswalk? Oh, I got a hundred here, two hundred. Come check your doc every oh, time. Okay. Oh, new, uh, new edition. I go to that uh, function. Uh, the Molana will give me ten. I'll go to that uh, other store. Hey, Shafat Khan, there's that. But when I go to the dentist, he said there's a bill or there's a quotation. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, doc, you go well. Yeah. Well, lovely chatting to you. Inshallah, you have a lovely, beautiful evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir, people, don't go anywhere. It's time for us to go for the Isha Azan, and thereafter, we'll be joining you on Pertinence of Punctuated.